Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Broadway San Jose presents three more hit shows this season with family favorite Annie, Lincoln Center's My Fair Lady, and direct from New York, Pretty Woman. Tickets are now on sale for $99 when you purchase a Black Friday package. Visit BroadwaySanJose.com or call 866-395-2929 to purchase this limited-time offer. That's BroadwaySanJose.com or call 866-395-2929. Offer ends Cyber Monday, November 28th. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. We love having you on board. Also, if you want to be a part of the show, like the next couple of people who we're going to talk about, um, all you have to do is go to social media, go to Twitter or go to Instagram at game day CLE and send us a mailbag question as we do our first ever, uh, as we commemorate, what is this? Our 97th show. Feels Something like, like that. Yeah. Uh, so we have our first ever mailbag segment. So we're very excited about this. Daryl, are you prepared? I, I am. Uh, first I'll say it, it's Joe G didn't start the mailbag off. Great. He just said, I'm out of questions. Daryl just tired and disappointed. Not exactly what we were looking for there, but I just want to acknowledge that he did take the time to, make so, a contribution and i well, and i totally get it because i by the time this mailbag is over we may be out of answers Joe. that that is a that is a distinct distinct possibility so daryl um and by the way that's kind of i don't know if that's part of the rules of the game that's like somebody who says the guardians won um how does that work the the guardians won three to six you know you know you never say that they won six to three right mm-hmm. they didn't win three to six okay here we go ready uh first question is from Let's do this. Well, the first question is from Mark Klein. Mark Klein. Uh, Daryl, here we go. We need to have two running backs in the backfield and delegate Kevin Stefanski to offensive coordinator responsibilities. I think he has too much on his plate. It's time for Woods and special teams to be reevaluated. He needs help with the second half adjustments as well. What say you? Well, the numbers don't lie when you talk about uh, the Browns quarter to quarter performance. They win the first quarter and then second, third, and the fourth quarter is actually their worst quarter. Um, and that's why I hesitate to jump on the let's hurry up and fire Kevin Stefanski train because he has Jacoby Brissett playing above expectations. The offense, I think, overall uh, has played above expectations. So he's doing something right here. Okay. Um, the issues are with special teams and with the defense. And again, it's easy to sit here and say, fire Mike Prefer, fire Joe Woods, but that doesn't really solve your problem right now. So any changes that may or may not happen, I don't see taking place until January when the season is over. Um, so uh, I think Kevin Stefanski doesn't need to uh, be relegated to just the offense. I think he needs to get more involved in the defense and in the special teams. All right, Daryl, your your turn. Um. All right, this is from Scotty Loves Clee. 
Andy, how can the Browns come off a bye and look like that? Well, I can answer that one pretty simple. It's called being unprepared and flat walking into a game, understanding exactly what you had to do. <clears throat> I don't think they were ready. I think they got outplayed. I think they got outcoached. And I think that they didn't they didn't take the game seriously. I don't know if they thought because they beat the Cincinnati Bengals uh, a week before that everyone was now suddenly going to take them seriously. And we knew that Miami was taking them seriously. Their coach said it during the week. They're like, Cleveland can beat any team when they want to. When they want to, I think, though, is a big part of it. And, you know, they just weren't ready by any means. And I think the most frustrating part of that to look like that, and when you say that, is that it felt like the guys quit at the end of the game. Now, I don't know if they had just given up because they knew they were down by more than 16, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter at all. In, in fact, I thought it was interesting at the end of the first half that Miami still had two timeouts. The Browns were going backwards on their last drive, and Miami actually spared them because they probably could have burned both timeouts and got the ball back with just a few seconds to go in the first half, and it kicked a field goal because the Browns were in horrible field position. So, I, th- I mean, that's bad coaching right there, and I'm still trying to figure out how a team could look that bad when they look so good just, you know, two weeks before. Your turn. Um, this is from, uh, Brown's commenter at commenter Brown's. Oh, wait, it's uh, my turn to ask you a question. Yeah. I'll ask you. Okay. Okay. From Brown's commenter. Here we go. Yeah. Commenter Brown's. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So here it is. Here's the question. How do you project out the rest of the year? And do we see a coach get fired before years end? Uh, I don't think that there's anyone getting fired before the end of the season. Uh, number one, number two. I'm looking at it right now. I think I'm going to say the Browns go four and four over the final eight games. And that has them with a seven and 10 finish. So they will be a game worse than they were a year ago. Cause they finished eight and nine last year. Remember? So right. I've got them finishing seven and 10, but in order to do that, they've got to win they got to split the final eight and go four and four. And keep in mind now, they have lost five of six. So Mm. that's, yeah, that's, that's could be tough to do, but that's the Deshaun factor as well. So, okay. All right. Your turn. Um, This is from Jeff. Okay. 88, 98. If after every loss, Kevin states he needs to get better, the players need to get better, the coaches need to get better, but they don't get better, when does it stop and what are the consequences? Well, eventually you're going to lose your job. I mean, we've got a owner here that used to have the quickest uh, trigger in all the NFL. I mean, he was ready to fire a guy after one season if he thinks he can get better. He Here's the issue I'm having right now with this whole let's fire, let's not fire thing. It's that if you think about it, okay, when Baker Mayfield actually was playing well and the team was, what, one game from uh, the AFC Championship, right? They were basically four quarters and a play away from getting to the Super Bowl. And for some reason, the team really decided to blow everything up and go into a different direction. Think about it. One play and four quarters away from getting to the Super Bowl, and they decided to go in a different direction. And I don't understand what the consequences are anymore for the Haslam group. Like they've redefined themselves so many times. I do think this, that if they decide that, that, that this isn't going to work with Kevin Stefanski, 
it's going to shake out the whole thing. Paul DePodesta has got to go at that point then too, because this is really Paul's baby. If you think about it, because Paul was the one that really wanted Kevin Stefanski. I'm not in any hurry to fire Kevin Stefanski. I don't know that what they're doing is wrong. They just are missing a lot of chemistry on this. And I think they have the talent. Andrew Barry's going to have to draft better and he's going, and he's going to have about a year to figure this thing out. I think he gets one more draft. I still think that they're all on, they all have a pass because of Deshaun Watson. And that pass is going to be pretty quick next year if they come out and they don't, and they're not successful and they spend more money. Let's say they decide to go out and they go get some free agents to, to shore up what they need on the defensive line, or, you know, they bring in another wide receiver and, and that's what they should do. I mean, right off the top of my head, that's the first thing I start thinking about. Um, so I, I, I don't think, I think the consequences are going to come next year after Deshaun Watson has a chance to establish himself. And I don't think they'll happen this year. Cause I think if you think Deshaun Watson is going to be a strong quarterback for the rest of the year, I, I don't know how you can think that he hasn't played in two years. Mm-hmm. You want to add to that? Or you want me to ask you? Yeah. That? Well, I mean, look, it, it, it Kevin Stefanski and this football team have regressed from 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. The whole point of them going four and 44 was for them to have sustained success. And we thought that's what we were getting after that playoff season. And then Baker Mayfield got hurt. All kinds of stuff happened behind the scenes with Baker. And they decided he's not the guy to be the face of the franchise. And they're not going to get where they want, or they're not, he's not going to take them where they are hoping to get, which is why they took all the heat that they did in the offseason and acquired Deshaun Watson and all the baggage that he brought uh, with him. So, um, yeah, I, I just I look at the regression, and if I'm the Haslam's, and I look at all the money that I've spent, I, I just I honestly don't know how they can look people in the in, in the face and say, "We believe in we believe in this. We we really believe in these people." even though they've made the team worse in the last two years. I just, that that's just where I come out on it. And again, I'm not advocating for firing anyone. I'm just objectively looking at the situation and putting myself in the Haslam shoes, you know? I hear you. No, and, I and, totally and, uh, The Browns are one of the biggest cash spenders in the National Football League. Keep that in mind. They spent a ton of cash. When they went 4-44, and 44, they were still spending money. They were basically remember they was it sixteen million dollars for Brock Osweiler's uh, contract to get a second round pick. And by the way, he should have started for us. And, and by the way, he should have been. That our was a Paul DePodesta strategy. Hey, we're, you know, similar to what the Cavs historically had had done, right? We'll take on some bad contracts to get some more draft picks and things like that. We'll basically buy some extra picks. So, right. Yeah. All right. Um, Last one more here. Let, um, let's do the. Let's wrap it up on Carl and Prescott. He's got two good questions. Carl and Prescott. You asked me the first one. I'm going to ask you the second one. You All see right, it? I got to find him. I'll, you want me to ask it? I got, I'm both. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, here go we go. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, Carl and Prescott says, <laughs> excuse me, this coaching staff is a joke. Delpit gets a one play suspension. What did that prove? <laughs> I thought the same thing. I have no idea. And, and we, and, and this is to our earlier conversation today where we asked Kevin, St- again, all we can do is ask the questions. We asked Kevin Stefanski about it, and he said nothing. He just said, team issue, handled, keeping it that way. And again, I respect that. It, it, it's a professional way of doing things, keeping the dirty laundry in the in the washer, so to speak, and not hanging it out for everyone uh, to hear. Uh, so I respect that. But yeah, I 
I, I don't know what the hell one play, having a guy sit out for one play, what that you didn't get to start. Oh, I, I just deal. I don't know what that accomplished. Now that, I didn't if it's mean a series anything. or two series or three series or, or a quarter, something like that. I think that or a game like they did with Perry and Winfrey, who once again was in at like I don't know. I, I just thought that that was a big old fat waste of time, to be perfectly honest. All right, one, one game to be, yeah. for it to be disciplinary. One play, one play. What, yeah. What? I don't, so, all right. Last question. Really Carla showed Prescott. him, Kevin. Really showed him. Yeah, you did. He, I'm sure he learned his lesson. Here's the press, uh, The question of the week, and this is it. All right, and it's still from Carl. Did Jeff Phelps party in South Beach this weekend? <laughs> I'll let you answer that one at home because oh. no, the answer is no. Jeff had no – I'm surprised yeah. Jeff had clothes on this trip because he got the call. I think the team plane left at 1130 on Saturday, um, and he got the call at 1030 that he was going to Miami. Wow. He seriously grabbed all of his stuff. Luckily, had some. he had some bronze notes that he had left over from a couple weeks ago to yeah. fill out his charts and how to do it. And I think he got there, got on the plane, ate dinner, did all of his work and was was prepping until the second he got on the air. So uh, Jeff really under short notice did a good job and I'm um, proud of him. And he, I thought he did a great job. So Daryl, that's it. We're done. See you later, my man. It was fun. It was. I, we need more uh, more comedy because I think that's what's going to be for the rest of the season. For our producer, Meredith Kane, who did an outstanding job today as well. Thank you very much for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, well, then subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to talk to us, Again, in one of our future mailbag segments, all you have to do is hit us up on social media at Game Day CLE. It's always Game Day in Cleveland.